Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. How are you this morning? Are you well? Praise God. Tell your neighbor you are in the house of God. There's no better place to be. Hallelujah. This morning uh, we are we're, we're celebrating because tonight we've got our first first ever evening service starting tonight and we are celebrating with God. It's a milestone for us and so some of the people that are here are going to move to that service uh, because we are intent on inviting people who are not in the kingdom of God. Why? Because if, if our mission was just to be around here for no purpose, no reason whatsoever, once Christ Jesus comes into our lives and saves us, then we would have been raptured at that moment. But we are here as ambassadors. Tell your neighbor, you are an ambassador. Although you don't have a green number plate, you are an ambassador. Or a red one, right? Diplomatic. You are part of the diplomatic community of the kingdom of God. Amen? And so I want to encourage you that you will be deliberate about inviting people to church. Amen? Don't even hesitate. Don't, don't even think twice about it. I, I'm not sure whether they, they deserve it. Mm-mm. Just invite them anyway. Just invite them anyway. It is critical because we are busy harvesting in this season. The Bible says that we are in the last days. And we need to be urgent about making sure that nobody, nobody forfeits something that Jesus Christ has already paid for. Amen? And so tell your neighbor, invite them. The Word of God tells us about a parable of of a wedding that was had, a wedding that was had, and the invitations were sent out, but the the invitees were too busy to come to to the wedding celebration. And what the master of the wedding said, he basically told the servants and said, go out on the highways and the byways, wherever you may find people, bring them in. Invite them, invite them, but Lord, uh, invite them. Amen. Tell your neighbor, invite somebody. Don't eat alone. Don't eat alone. I know many of us come from large families where you eat alone when you have an opportunity. (laughs) Amen. And um, how many of you enjoyed the time of fasting this week? Yeah, in your spirit, I mean. I mean, naturally, you didn't enjoy it, you know. And uh, I can see people have lost weight, you know. (laughs) And um, I just want to encourage every single person, if you are fasting this week, you must know that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Everyone who comes to God must know that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So don't let the devil lie to you and say, no, nothing happened. Don't don't listen to that frequency. Change the channel. Amen. And listen to the voice and the word of God that says that he who began a good work in you is faithful to bring it to completion. Awesome. And fasting is really a way to change your appetites. Because many times we've got the wrong kind of appetite that works against our spiritual growth. And we're like, Pastor, pray for me, pray for me. And sometimes you don't need prayer, you need fasting. You need to stay away from that show for this year. (laughs) Sometimes you need to fast some people. Some people are caring people. (laughs) Okay, let me not go there. (laughs) 
Um, as I was preparing, I really sensed in my heart that God was saying to, to us as a nation that he wants us to be peacemakers. Be a nation of peacemakers. And uh, there is a trend towards division and tribalism. And God is sounding an alarm and saying, be a nation of peacemakers. We are a godly nation. We carry a spirit of reconciliation. Amen. We display the kingdom of God. The word of God says in Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are the peacemakers, for these are the sons of God. If you're a child of God, you're a peacemaker. Wherever you are, you embody peace. Amen? Tell your neighbor, you're an ambassador. I know your number plate is yellow or white. You don't have that red one or a green one. But you're an ambassador of the kingdom. This is why people will only come into the kingdom through us. He said, I've given you the, the keys of the kingdom. That whatsoever you open up on earth is opened up in heaven. We are opening up destinies. That friend of yours in the office, his destiny can be opened up through the keys that you hold. Just your invitation, bringing them in or sharing Christ with them, or sharing your testimony with them, will catapult his whole family out of darkness and into light. Amen? And you will say, no, I'm nothing. But the Lord Jesus did everything. Amen. And so this is something we need to take ownership of. Amen. Be diligent in doing the work of an evangelist. Tell your neighbor, reach out. I'm here already. Find somebody else. <laughs> well done for those who are constantly inviting people. They are already annoyed, you know. When they see your missed call, you've already changed to private numbers. <laughs> this person needs to come. Keep inviting them. One day, when they are marching in with the saints, ne? you know that song? And the saints go marching in. When they are there in that number, yeah, they will say, thank you for annoying me. <laughs> thank you for badgering me until I gave in to Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So this, this Sunday we are starting a new series called The Kingdom Culture. And it's going to go over four or five weeks. And we're going to have different speakers. And what is really critical is that you make it your deliberate effort, your personal effort, to not miss an opportunity to get the Word of God into your spirit. Amen. It will make you what it talks about. You don't want to be a talker Christian without any display. Huh? You want your life to display fruit of the kingdom of God in your life. And uh, during the first service, this was not part of my message, but during the first service as we were worshiping the Lord, I really sensed the Lord telling me, tell the people that all the realms, all the realms, all the realms, in the seen realm and in the unseen realms, consist of kingdoms. This is fresh revelation from <laughs> one hour ago. All the realms consist of kingdoms. We might be in a constitutional democracy here in Namibia, but there are kingdoms that reign here. 
There are kingdoms that rule here. There are certain kingdoms that are dominating families. They reign, they are bringing death and destruction into families. And this is why it is important, as we are doing the work that we are doing, it's not because we are getting paid or whatever, it's because this is war. There is a clash of kingdoms. That every, every person that is coming into Christ is being taken from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And it says that there is a name that is given that is above every other name. That above all these kingdoms is the kingdom of Jesus Christ. He is the king of kings. Jesus is not a religious leader. He didn't come to bring a religion. He came to bring a kingdom. He is a political leader. Because some of us say, yes, Lord, but it doesn't mean real Lord. It means Lord in the religious sense. Rita, my voice is also... It means Lord... Hmm. Let me just prophesy to us quickly. Kaleko sarapasu tulabasanti. Brekishele palaroka katile praisantolopoko. Brayitalaki neniko satla karaba o asaka ishe. Maleasa kratite logas in talaboka. There is a demonic spirit that would want to take the voice of the church and stifle the announcement of the kingdom. But in this time, I'm giving boldness to the children. And out of the mouth of babes, strength will be ordained and destiny will be released, says the Spirit of God. So as we are reaching people, we're taking them from the kingdom of darkness and oppression, where they are slaves, into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And many times we have this relationship with God and we call him Lord, but we don't recognize his actual lordship. This is a king. This is the king. Just a few weeks ago, we had uh, royals in our nation. Yeah? What's his name? Prince, Prince William. Mm. <laughs> and, and the other one is Prince, Prince Harry. Mm. And did you see the wedding? Everyone going crazy. Ah, going crazy about royal families. Yeah? If they could only go crazy about the actual royal one. But some, some people treat Jesus like, ah, it's just Jesus. But yes, Harry. Yes, William. Yes, what's her name? What's the girl's name? Megan. Nyaman. <laughs> if you could just realize who the king is, what is the United Kingdom? There is a kingdom that has arrived on the earth. His name is Jesus. And this is what the word of God says in Revelation. It says that by his blood, he bought men, he purchased men for God from every tribe and kindred and nation and they will be kings and priests 
They will be kings and priests unto God, and they will reign on the earth. So Jesus has come to bring us a kingdom, and not only to bring us in as subjects of the kingdom, but he placed us in the royal family. And during the next couple of weeks, it is essential that you transition your attitude from being a religious person to being a kingdom citizen. It says your citizenship is in heaven. Tell your neighbor, I've got dual citizenship. If you've got dual already, say I've got troll. Is it troll? I've got troll citizenship. Amen? It means that your citizenship is registered in heaven. But this has become cliches that we throw around while we pray and while we encourage our, our, our friend on their birthday, but it is not the reality that we have started to live in yet. The next four or five weeks, we are transitioning into that. Every single one of us. Tell your neighbor, I'm a king. I'm royalty. Just watch. As I know your neighbor is looking like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Sometimes you need to sit somewhere else. Huh? Now, this guy is John Lennon. He's part of a band. He's passed away already, but he, he was part of a band called The Beatles. Amen? For those of us who are born after independence, we don't know these things. Huh? We only know One Direction, and who's that other group? Yeah, Justin Bieber. Yeah, Kanye and... And the others. But okay, let's, let's okay, just calm down. <laughs> let's go back. So John Lennon and the Beatles, during the 70s, they were so instrumental in terms of the cultural transformation of the United States of America and then of the rest of the world. And during that time, Vietnam War was going on and there was a lot going on internationally. Now, we're talking about kingdoms. And John Lennon brings out a song in 1971. He said he wrote it in a brief moment. It was in one afternoon. Just quick, quick. And this is what the song, you guys know the song, Imagine. Huh? It says, imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. And no religion to. Imagine all the people living life in peace. <laughs> yeah. The young people are like, where is the beat? Where is the beat? Imagine. <laughs> no, you will sing that, you know. Even the Christians, they will sing it. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Apparently. Now, this was one of the hundred most performed songs in the 20th century. Right? And he, he speaks about imagining a certain world that has no countries, where there's nothing to kill or die for. There's not even religion. Yeah? Imagine all the people. And there was a thesis done that discovered that through Imagine, John Lennon was attempting to create a social and political awareness and inspire others to take action in order to create a utopia. A utopia. Look at the words of the song. It says, imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. 
No hell below us, above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. And then imagine there's no countries, we read that. And then you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. Imagine no possessions. I wonder if you can. No need for greed or hunger. A brotherhood of man. Imagine all the people sharing all the world. You, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will live as one. This is the ambition of the whole world. You've heard it said, world peace. World peace. We seek a kingdom. We seek a utopia where everything is blissful. Utopia means an imagined place or a state of things in which everything is perfect. And there is no lack of attempts since the foundation of the world where men and women have tried to craft this society. Certain synonyms, it's an ideal place, a paradise, a heaven, heaven on earth, an Eden, a garden of Eden, Shangri-La. There's a street like that, isn't there? I just remember. Shangri-La, it's a utopia. Elysium, is that for the Greeks and the Romans? The Elysian fields, a happy valley, the seventh heaven, idol, nirvana, for those of you who do yoga, bliss, the literary Arcadia, Arcadi, or Erewhon. That sounds like the Celts. So this is the aspiration of mankind. We cannot shy away from it. We will always aspire to a perfect world. Always. It is only the honest philosopher, and we'll, 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 we'll read a quote from one of them, that will actually realize that life without God is nihilistic in its logic. Meaning, it's self-destructive. You must kill yourself because that's the most logical thing to do if there is no God. And it is the anthem of our generation. Suicide. And these men have attempted to create that wonderful imagined world that John Lennon was singing about. Uh, Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Just look at your neighbor. <laughs> well, some of us are looking and shaking our heads at those men. And we don't realize that we also had a heart or have a heart. If we have opportunity, we will do more than they have done. Hmm? Who's the first one there? Is it Idi? Idi Amin. He was the worst. Hmm? He was the worst. <laughs> uh, the next one, there's Saddam Hussein, there's Mussolini, and then there's Kim's father. Uh, for the young people, that's the president of North Korea, not the musician. 
Kim's father, and then there's Hitler, the Fuhrer. Now Hitler, Hitler is a product of an idea. This man here is a philosopher, German philosopher called Friedrich Nietzsche. Very important man. Okay? Friedrich Nietzsche is the one that coined the phrase, God is dead. He wrote a wonderful poem that speaks about a madman that he found in the streets in the early morning hours. And this madman was looking around saying, I'm looking for God, I'm looking for God. And the people were laughing at him with lanterns in the morning, and laughing at him and saying, well, have you lost him then? Is he where? Is he where? And then he goes looking around, and at some point in the, in the, in the, in the prose, he says that we, we, God is dead, and we have killed him. And the temples and these cathedrals shall be his sepulchres and his gravestones. If you look at Europe today, the cathedrals have been changed into restaurants, into nightclubs, into tourist attractions. And Frederick Nietzsche was the one, he was a nihilist, meaning we, we believe that God is not there, so there is no meaning, there is no purpose, let us kill ourselves. And if there is no God, there is no right and wrong, I can kill you also. Who, who says it's wrong? Who says it's... You understand? We're trying to build secular societies with morality where there is no God. And Friedrich Nietzsche started the idea and the concept of the Ubermensch, the superman, the superior man. And Hitler, if he was a, a, a disciple believer, this guy would have been good because he took what he read and he applied it. <laughs> like James says, he, he took what, what Friedrich Nietzsche wrote about the Ubermensch and he said, let us put this. He called it the Aryan race. Blonde eyes. I mean, blue eyes. Blonde hair. That he didn't even have. But he was being used by God. <laughs> And so Time Magazine, in 1966, brings out an issue on the front page and asks, is God dead? And we live in a society that has celebrated its secularization, its depart from God, and have forgotten that the chickens always come home to roost. And the consequences of a godless society is a godless people who have no reason to preserve the society the way that you aspire, the same way that John Lennon was singing about. Imagine all the people. No, <laughs> I will break your radio and I'll destroy you as well. Every single human being has these two needs. A need for belonging, and identity. This is something you cannot switch off. Your life today is as a result of your need for belonging and identity and the choices that you've made in order to fulfill them. 
and the kingdom of God, our aspiration towards a utopia and a perfect world is because we need a place of belonging and we need a place of identity. If you are a believer, you find these in the perfect kingdom. But if you are not a believer, you will never find it. You might feel like you are closer to having a sense of belonging, but it's fake. You might feel like you're closer to having a sense of identity, but it's usually based on your achievement and temporary things, or, or the wife that you marry, or, or the car that you drive, or the house that you live in. It's, it's never detached and really has its value in the dignity that God created you for. Let's read here in 1 Samuel chapter 8. This is at the point where Israel is now in the promised land and they were, were being led by Samuel the prophet. And before then, they were slaves. So God starts this nation on earth called Israel through a man called Abraham. Abraham has a son called Isaac. Isaac has two sons, Jacob and Esau. Jacob has 12 sons. His name gets changed to Israel, and those become the tribes of Israel. They go into slavery in Egypt. They come out because God delivers them through Moses, and then they move into the promised land. And now Samuel is at the end of his tenure and is handing over the, the, pro, the prophetic office and leadership of Israel to his sons. But the sons are not as good as Samuel. And in verse 4 it says, So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, You are old, and your sons do not follow your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. See the sense of belonging? But when they said, Give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord. Verse 7 says, And the Lord told him, Listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. And they have, as they have done, from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. And then God says, Now listen to them. But warn them solemnly and let them know what the king who will reign over them will claim as his rights. Then in verse 19, he says, but the people refuse to listen to Samuel. If you go back in, from verse 9 onwards, he begins, God actually explains, this is what these kings will do. They will take your children. They will put them in their armies. You will become slaves and servants of these kings. Is that not the story of mankind? Yeah? The revolutionary becomes the tyrant. The leader who wanted to establish the utopia becomes power hungry and then becomes the very one you fear. And God said, these kings will do so to you. And then they say, uh-uh. No. They said, we want a king over us. 
then we will be like all the other nations, with a king to lead us and to go out before us and fight our battles. And when Samuel heard all that the people said, he repeated it before the Lord. And the Lord answered and said, listen to them, give them a king. Be careful what you force God to give you. Some of us have this idea that God is like an African father. An African father will never, ever do this. You ask something, he said, no, he said, no. And no. Might even get beaten afterwards. But God is sometimes way more lenient than we would like to believe. And all the all the older brothers say, ah, man," Right? Because the younger brothers are always getting away with it with the father. Be careful what you push God to give you. Lord, this is my man. This is the man that, 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 that you have for me. This, this is the husband. <laughs> this is the husband, Lord, and you're on your Facebook profile. This is the husband <laughs> that you need to give me, Lord. And the Lord is saying, no, this, this is not. Lord, Lord. <laughs> he has a car just like Sister So-and-So's husband. Then I can also be like the others. Be careful. Don't just push like that. Rather have your heart, have your heart sensitive. Don't be like a mule. Like a donkey, that has to be one. This way, donkey. Let him lead you with his eye. Amen. So Israel said, give us a king. And the story of the Old Testament is the narrative of the failure of kings. Human kings whose hearts are corrupt. This is from the movie, The Passion. If you haven't seen it, you have to see it. And this is Jesus at the whipping post. In the movie, they whip his back. They turned him over. Oh, man. This is the son of God who is the actual king of kings. Coming on earth and displaying a completely different culture of royalty. He is there for his subjects. He is the one that lays his life down for the sheep. Matthew 3 verse 2, Jesus came on the scene and he says, turn away from your sins. He says, repent, he said, because the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus didn't come to bring a religion. He came to bring a kingdom. And the way that we relate to God must not be in a religious manner. It must be in a kingdom manner. And my prayer is that over the next couple of weeks, we'll be able to bring revelation and begin to bring from the word of God the truth about how you need to conduct yourself as a kingdom citizen. What the kingdom of God represents and how it affects your life, your community, your family, your city, and the nations of the earth. Jesus was brought before Pilate. Pilate was the prefect or the proconsul over the, the region of, over the province of Judea that was currently at that time 
under the rule of the Roman Empire. And Jesus stands before Pilate, and before he says this, he says, Pilate asks him, are you a king? Now, what is, what is interesting about that statement from Pilate is that Pilate is almost sarcastic in the way he's asking. Because, I mean, he's, he's, he's garbed <laughs> in his Roman army gear, representing the greatest empire on earth. And so he says, what kind of king are you? And Jesus says in John 18, verse 36, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now, my kingdom is from another place. This king, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he came on the earth, he came as a king who was not coming to serve, to be served, but to serve. He came as a king who gave his life as a ransom for many. He came, he is the one who has the name that is above every other name. It says above in the heavens, the name of Jesus is high. On earth, he has the highest name. And under the earth, All these realms under the rulership of King Jesus. And I don't know what kind of dominions have been influencing your family and your life. I don't know where you came from when you once gave your heart to the Lord or if you have even made that decision to make the transition from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of life. And it is a situation where many are in bondage and in darkness, in chains. People that you know. People that you know are actual slaves of the darkness. They are under oppression day and night. And they are people whom God loves. They are people whom Jesus died for. They are people that belong in the kingdom of God. When Jesus came among his disciples on the night that he was betrayed, they were having communion. He stood up from the, from, from the table. He put a towel around himself. And he started to take the position of the servant in the house, washing the feet of the visitors. This Jesus that we proclaim to you, this Jesus that we announce to you is different from all other kings. That every desire in your heart for belonging and identity is found in this king. That this king brings to us the total fulfillment of our lives from Alpha to Omega. From the beginning to the end. And there is a deception that has caused us to relate to God religiously and has robbed us from the power of God. It says that the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Amen? 
There is a clash of kingdoms. This is how we proclaim and introduce the kingdom to you. What they call the Evangelium, the good news. What would happen in the past is one kingdom would invade another. And then they would send someone from the war, from the front lines, throughout the nation to announce throughout the nation, Freedom! Freedom! Announcing throughout the nation that the enemy has been defeated. Because in the villages, if the announcement is not made, every illegitimate soldier from that army will be able to come and say, under the name of the king that was already defeated, but under the name of the defeated king. The people don't know that that king is defeated. And he will begin to take from the people everything that he wants. How long has the enemy not been stealing from God's people just because they don't know that the kingdom of God has finally arrived? And we announce to you this morning that the dominion of Jesus Christ is supreme over your life. Every knee will bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Not religious Lord, real Lord. I remember watching the, the, the film of Daniel and how Nebuchadnezzar started boasting. Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon. And God was involved in the affairs of men, gave a lot of wealth and, and power to, to Nebuchadnezzar. And Daniel, this is in the book of Daniel, Daniel was one of, he was a prophet at that time. And Nebuchadnezzar started to boast and he said, is this not a great majesty and a great kingdom that I have built? Is this, and he was, as he was boasting, a voice came from heaven. He said, you will be like a beast. And for seven years, Nebuchadnezzar was in the wilderness, scratching around. You remember when Saddam Hussein was captured under the ground? Okay, I don't want to deviate, but it's just to say there's a lot of similarity concerning Nebuchadnezzar. But this King Jesus... Let me, let me help you, church. This King Jesus is not just a king here of the Christians. The, the, the prophecy of Daniel says that there is a kingdom that invades all other kingdoms and becomes a great mountain. Daniel saw a statue with different parts representing different kingdoms. And the last kingdom was the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire falls because of the rise of Christianity. Among the voices of men, fishermen and peasants. Because in this kingdom of God, you begin to be elevated from where you are on, in the dust to sit at the table of kings. This is why you must know it. Because many of us, we've been born again a long time and we've been living like slaves. And this is not, imagine, imagine Prince William and, and Prince Harry living like slaves. Will the queen allow it? Never. 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 And I've come to announce to us today that your time of living in bondage and slavery is over. Amen. At your season of crying for, for the scraps and as in begging and all of that from God as if you are outside of the camp and you don't belong to this family is over. It's over. And the word of God says... That you shall know the truth, 
and the truth shall set you free. Historically, there is a story told of Abraham Lincoln who signs a declaration called the Emancipation Proclamation. This Emancipation Proclamation was the, the declaration that said slaves are from this day free in America. You know what the slave masters did? Because the, the, the slaves could not read. So what does the slave master read? Break the radio. Break, break all the radios. There wasn't radio at that time. But break all the radio. Anything that brings this kind of information to a slave, don't let them get this information. For generations, many slave owners continued. And people were in those plantations thinking that this is the law of the land. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. Amen? And only when you discover, no, there is a law that says that I am free. You walk out. Or if you, if you are resisted by the, by the slave owner, you put on a fight. Beforehand, you feel like you're fighting the entire country. Now it's just this slave owner. And that devil has been dispossessed of his kingdoms. He has been dispossessed. The Bible says he made God, Jesus made an open, open spectacle of him. Right? He dragged him in front of all principalities and powers, not just on earth. Heaven and earth and under the earth, everyone is witnessing that the son of the morning that used to be that beautiful angel is now crushed under the feet of the son of God. And now you can truly be free. Amen? And the Holy Spirit is jealous to make this real in your life. He has come on earth. He is here this morning. He is here bringing this revelation. He is here showing you the areas in your life where you need to begin to stand up and walk out of this place. Many things that we are in bondage to, we are there by choice. Come out, the door is open. Yeah, I'm used to it now here. You know, there's something like that because socially, reintegration of prisoners is one of the most difficult things. It's a problem that they experience. If someone has gone to prison, it's almost like don't take them to prison. Because once they put them in there, it just gets worse and worse. And when they come out to reintegrate into normal society, it's almost impossible. But there is a God that does impossible things. And he's bringing you out of your bondage, out of your fears, out of your pains, out of your hopelessness, out of your crying, out of all of that. And he's bringing you to the table of kings. To the table of kings. Amen. This is why you must be born again. You cannot enter the royal family through membership. You don't enter royal families through membership. When they discover, you will lose everything. Right? I said, Here, here's my membership card. <laughs> Take him out. There's no membership in royal family. It's bloodline. And it says, unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. John 3. Unless you are born of water and of the spirit, you can never see the kingdom of God. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. Every man has two births. One is the birth from his mother. 
The next one is the birth from His heavenly Father. Amen? And this morning, as we're starting this series, let your expectation rise. Consider all the enemies that surround you. Every oppressive thing that has been in your life. And begin to say this over the next couple of weeks. I'm serving notice. Huh? You know what serving notice is for the landlords, you will know. Huh? You are evicting tomorrow. <laughs> I'm serving notice. You don't pass by and pick up some chicken. Uh-uh. You are out. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen? There needs to be a militancy. I'm telling you. There are slave owners. There are demonic powers. There are certain dominions that are, have been ruling in families for generations. They will not just let you go because you now come. What's the church you go to? Every nation. Ah, okay. You think they'll let you go because now you're coming to every nation. Every, how do you say it? Every nation. Mm -mm. <laughs> say it how you like. We are still in charge here. And there are many people that are still in bondage. Why? They are sitting in church. When the situation hits, the ancestors call. The idol calls. The shrine calls. And they have to go there. Otherwise, somebody will pay with their life. These are real things, church. Therefore, there needs to be a militancy in you. When we say Monday night is fasting and prayer, we are not calling for religious things. We are telling you, take up arms for you and your children, you and your wife, you and those cousins of yours that are dying like flies. Be the one to say that the proclamation has been made, that freedom reigns. Christ Jesus is Lord on the earth. Therefore, let every evil spirit hear me. I'm coming for you. Some of you are saying, yeah, but, but you, know, you can't take on those... Uh, uh, uh. Jesus said, all authority. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Preach the gospel to every living creature. When you find demons, cast them out. Don't counsel them. Oh, are you guys okay in there? Are you, how many are you now? Okay. Can we negotiate at least two of you to move, move to, to the other part of town? No. <laughs> oh. Don't speak so harsh. Let's tone down. No, no, no. You cast out demons. Amen? Tell your neighbor, I'm a child of God. I represent heaven. I cast out demons. I haven't maybe in the past. Because I know you didn't see me. <laughs> Amen? Don't think of, oh, no, but my life in the past. Forget the former things. We have fasted for seven days. Now, this week, not to go back to Egypt. Amen? We are taking dominion of every inheritance that God has for us. Amen? When the children of Israel came before the promised land, there was a fight to be fought for the promised land. Some of us, we are on the verge of our promised land. And God is saying, get ready for a fight. Get ready for a fight. And you are saying, no, Lord, you know, can somebody not fight? Mm -mm. Get ready for a fight. Why? You are part of a tribe of warriors. Mark, you remember the, the, the movie 300? There's a scene where they are going to fight against the Persian invader. And they only took 300 men. And the other community that came was a bunch of, of farmers and cooks and blacksmiths. So they arrived 
and they are at the rendezvous, ready to go into battle, and the leader of the other army is like, Leonidas, I see I've, I've, I've shown more commitment than you have. I've brought more soldiers than you have. An army of cooks and, <laughs> and, 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 and blacksmiths and farmers. And then he, Leonidas on this side asks one of them, you there, what is your profession? He says, I'm a potter, sir. <laughs> and you, I'm a blacksmith, sir. And you, I'm a farmer. And then he asks, Spartans, what is your profession? They say, oh, oh, oh. The other guys are just like this. <laughs> there is an army of, of warriors that are rallying behind Jesus Christ, the lion of the tribe of Judah. It doesn't matter how young you are. I see young people here. I'm telling you, when I started making strides in the things of the Spirit, praying for my family and all of that, for them to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was in high school. When David was fighting Goliath on behalf of the nation of Israel, he was too young to be in the army. When he came on the scene, he heard Goliath mocking and insulting the armies of Israel. And he said, who is this circumcised Philistine? Uncircumcised Philistine. <laughs> oh, people are listening. Thank you, Lord. Huh? Who is this uncircumcised? What, what was he referring to? He was referring to the covenant. It has nothing to do with my muscles. Anyone who is in covenant with God has the backing of Yahweh. It doesn't matter what kind of giant is trying to defy you. He said to him, I am coming to you, not, not in my own name, but in the name of the Lord of hosts. The name of the angel armies of the God of Israel. Today. <laughs> Today. I will feed you to the birds. This is a young teen. Come here. You. How, how old are you? I'm 16. Aha, uh -huh, 16. This is a privilege and an honor. Just stand here. <laughs> Can you see? Who's the tallest guy in our church? <laughs> huh? Huh? Julio. Okay, Julio. Come down a bit. Yeah. Make Julio a bit taller because he's short today. But Goliath was big and ugly. <laughs> Goliath was big and ugly. All right? Yeah. Stand, stand up here. Yeah. Goliath was big. Huh? Look, you are sending a guy. The Philistines started laughing. Desperate Israel. They started laughing. But this is a man who knows the God of Israel. He knows if you are in covenant with God, it doesn't matter how tall, how tall the ugly giant can be. It does not matter. I will come to you in the name of the Lord. This is the attitude that is in the spirit. And what happened is, Julio, quickly stand here. After Goliath got fed up, he stood up and said, let's finish this now. And as Goliath stepped, the Bible says David didn't cower like this. He didn't start swinging and, and go backwards. He said, stand a bit here. The, the people in the... 
as he stepped towards him, he, he, David charged him. Do you see, when, when the Spirit of God comes upon you, you become a different person. Yeah? All that other Mickey Mouse type attitudes that you are always friendly in the office, that stuff goes out the head. And then you begin to become violent in your faith. Amen? Thank you. This is what we need to gain over the next couple of weeks. There are real deaths, I tell you. There are real deaths. Our theme this year is abundant life. The thief comes only to kill, to steal, and to destroy. If you've been playing church, you are on the hit list of the enemy. Not because he's trying to just... He hates you. Why? He cannot hit your father. So he goes for the children. This is the attempt of the enemy. And that's why we need to get the church strengthened. We need to become bolder. We need to become stronger in our resolve, in our faith. Amen? We need to begin to say, it's, it, I'm not playing church anymore. I'm now taking up the call of God. And the word of God is the weapon that will begin to cause this kind of personality to come into you. Amen? There's another band, more recent. I think the young people will know this one. They're called the Black Eyed Peas. They sing a song, Where is the love? Where is the love? Something like that. There is the love. The Bible says that God commended his love towards us. He proved his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The righteous for the unrighteous. And it is critical that this is what he said. He has chosen that through the, the preaching of this message, declaring Jesus boldly that he is alive. He's resurrected today. He's not in the tomb. He's, he's alive today. He's a living king. That truth that he is alive today and he's coming again to judge the quick and the dead, the living and the dead. That truth needs to be proclaimed boldly. And as we proclaim it boldly, signs and wonders begin to follow to confirm the announcement. Amen? We want to see more signs and wonders. Let us be bold in our proclamation that the kingdom of God has come. Amen? Everyone in bondage. I remember praying here for people, the one person, as, as we were ministering to them, and they are bound up in suicide. We gave a prophetic word saying, somebody with suicide here, come. And we were praying for them. And we tell them, okay, do you know the Lord? No. Stop praying. And the, the, the demonic power starts to manifest. And what do we do? <laughs> no. We go for it. I don't know why I'm emphasizing this, but the first time that I had such an encounter, it was at home. Coming from university, let's quickly have a prayer meeting. <laughs> you know, it didn't come out in church. It was at home. As you finish playing... Um, Lord, I lift your name on, and, and you're finished now. Let us pray. And the person says, no, but sometimes I feel this. And oh, Okay, let's pray for you. And you're like, this is my family. <laughs> Immediately, you feel like a street fight. I don't know if you've been in street fight. I, I'm not saying I was. Maybe <laughs> just one. You know when you're trying to stop a fight, but when you see that, that kind of clash, right? And we were there for two hours, 
come out in the name of Jesus. Come out, yeah? Casting out demons. Tell your neighbor, you will cast out devils. You will dispossess thrones. For the Lord your God is with you. For the Lord your God is with you. Amen. Let us stand. If you are here this morning and you have not given your life to Christ or you have backslided and you want to recommit your life to Jesus Christ and you are at the place where you know your life is not right with God and this morning the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and saying you need to make your life right with God. If you are here this morning, I want to pray with you. The Bible says that Jesus is a son of God that God gave because he loved the world so much. And if you will put your trust in Jesus, he will take you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. He will break every bondage and he will set you free. There are people here, you maybe have had an experience with God in the past, but now where you are is a far cry from where you are. And God is calling you back. There are people here. You have been in church long. You are a church guy. But you, you're not sure whether you have a relationship with God. And this morning I want to invite you to make sure of that. So if that's you, just raise your hand. We will pray for you. And we will pray for you. And we'll make that step. Raise your hand. I see that hand. Jesus died for you in public. I know that there are people here. You need to make this decision this morning. Is there anybody else? I see that hand. Is there anybody else? This is the time. The word of God says today is the day of salvation. If you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as they did in the, in the wilderness. Is there anybody else here? You need to make Jesus your King and your Lord today. You need to restore your commitment to Christ this morning. Is there anybody else like that? I want those people who raise their hands, I want you to make a bold statement. Let every demon, let every deacon see it. That you are stepping out and you are going to follow Jesus Christ. Amen. So if that's you, come forward. Come quickly. Come forward. Come forward. If there's still somebody, come. Come, come, come. Come to Jesus. Come. Come. We can turn to you. I see the Lord like holding two dice like this in his hand. And I, I hear the Lord saying, there's been so much uncertainty over your life and your future. Up until today. I see him putting the dice down and picking up a ruler and saying that I've measured your destiny. And today I'm lining out the boundaries of your grace and your favor and they are boundless. And in the name of Jesus, today something new begins to take place in your life. You will never be the same again. 
pray after me. Let's pray this together. Heavenly Father, I hear your voice. Today, I'm stepping out for the Lord Jesus to take his rightful place in my life. No longer will I be afraid. No longer will I serve anyone else except Jesus Christ. From today, my life belongs to Jesus. And I will display the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Just, just meet up with Julio. Um, I, I hear the Lord saying, there's somebody here, you, you receive news about cancer or something like that. And, and there's fear that's come in your heart. Please come, come afterwards, we need to minister to you. I also hear there's a family that is fighting. All families fighting and division is increasing. It is getting to the point now where people are making death threats to each other. Please come and see us after the service. We need to minister to you, to the family. In the first service, we had a lady. I gave a word concerning she received a report this week. Somebody received a report this week from the doctor. Bad report. And she came afterwards and we prayed for her. And she said she was praying this morning and saying, Lord, please give a word so that I can be touched. Amen. And God is changing lives. I'm drawing a line in the sand for our church today. We are stepping. It's a new season. It's a new level. Yeah? That no one stays in the old level. Amen. And we are stepping in new level of evangelism, new level of discipleship, new level of prophecy, new level of, of miracle signs and wonders, new level of conviction of faith, new level of breakthroughs that are going to begin to happen today. In the name of Jesus. I also see the Lord opening doors of prosperity. There, there's almost, I think there are about two people here. You're, you're, you, you're holding contracts that have to be signed. And you're waiting on, on God and saying, Lord, let this be signed. And God is saying that I am your great reward. I am with you. And I have gone before you. It will turn out good, says the Lord. Amen. Let's lift up our hands. If that's you, just come afterwards and we'll minister to you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I proclaim and I declare over you the Lordship of Jesus Christ, the Kingship of Jesus Christ over your house, over your family, over your health, over your finances, over your workplace, over your children over everything that you put your hand to. In the mighty name of Jesus, I declare that you are bold for Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, I break every shame in your life, that your past is behind you, and you have a wonderful destiny ahead of you. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray blessing over this week. We thank you that it's going to be awesome. We thank you for wonderful testimonies in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. 
Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.